0: Hey, it's Cody Woodard, and this is our podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this message encourages you and helps you see that God wants to do something new in and through your life. Enjoy the message. Hey, well, welcome to Renovation Church. So excited you're here with us. Spend about an hour of your time. Anybody excited to be in the house at 945? Amen. wanna welcome all of our, our family watching online from all over the world. Thank you guys for being here. Make sure you share the stream. Uh, But today is a special day, amen? And um, the reason why, I don't know if you know this, but it is Pentecost Sunday. And uh, what that means is 2,000-something years ago, this was the week uh, where the the church was birthed and Peter preached his first sermon and thousands of people came to Jesus. But the most important part was that God showed us that he was with us by giving us his Holy Spirit. And so today's Pentecost Sunday. In a minute, we're gonna bring out the snakes. And uh, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Some of y'all nervous. What did I get into today? All right. Hey, we're kicking off a new series, and uh, I want to read this passage to you from Matthew chapter 20. Um, Here's what the Bible says. If you're ready for the word of God, shout, "I'm I'm ready. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons, and kneeling down, asked a favor of him. What is it you want? He asked. She said, Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom. You don't know what you're asking, Jesus said to them. Can you drink the cup? I'm going to drink. We can, they answered. Jesus said to him, you'll indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those whom they have been prepared by my father. When the 10 heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, you know, the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and their high officials exercise authority over them. Verse 26, not so with you. Turn to your neighbor, say not so with you. Come on, turn to your second choice, say not so with you. Put it in the chat not so with you that's the title of the message today if you're taking notes not so with you i want to talk about the heart of a leader we pray with me father we thank you for your word we thank you for who you are we thank you that you've made yourself available to us that you're not just the god who goes before but you're the god that is with us so holy spirit move in this place today we know that you're working even when we don't see it, we know that you're working. It's who you are. It's what you do. May we not just come to fix our behavior, but God, today, would you transform our hearts to the preaching of your word, to the power of the Holy Spirit. We love you and we thank you. And in Jesus' mighty name, everybody set. Amen. Come on, everybody set. Amen. Amen. Hey, say hi to somebody next to you. Tell them you've been waiting to sit with them all week. Tell them they look good. Just compliment them. Tell them they look good. They smell good. Man. Hey, before we dive in, uh, I want to tell you about two groups that we've mentioned uh, that we talked about groups today, and I want to encourage you to get into a group. But one of them is a group that um, we're going to be doing called Essentials. And I know many people have given their life to Jesus uh, within the past couple months, within the past year. We have a lot of young believers. We also have people who who've been following Jesus for a while, but you've never taken the time to really dive deep uh, into God's Word. And so we're doing a, a course called Essentials. It's seven weeks. It's video based. I'm I'm, I'm leading it. Uh, the videos of me teaching through some principles and uh, and. Jesse Coering is going to be kind of having some conversation talking about this. And so for you, if you're going like, hey, can I trust the Bible? Is it true? Why is it? Why is it God's word? Why is it authority? Or maybe for you, you're wondering about baptism, which by the way, after service today, we got people getting baptized. Come on, excited about that. So make sure you head to the lobby. Um, or maybe you're trying to figure out, you know, what, is, what does God want what me to do? What's my purpose? Or how do I share my faith? This course is for you. It's called Essentials. You can sign up on our website or outside in the lobby. The second group I wanna tell you is we're kicking off the series called Leadership. And so I'm actually leading a group at 7.30 a.m. on Thursday mornings right here. And I'm gonna be taking people through a book called Leadership by John Maxwell. Uh, this series has nothing to do with the book, but the book will be supplemental to it. And I would encourage you to get in a group. And we got, we got men's groups, we got women's groups, we got uh, moms groups for parents. I mean, we got guys that are going to be hanging out and eating at different places around town. We got women's doing the same thing. So it's going to be an awesome summer, a lot of fun, excited about what God is doing. And today I wanted to kick off this series because I really believe more than ever before that leadership is important. In fact, I would say that everything rises and falls on leadership. And there's a lot of things going on in our country that many of us aren't excited about, we're not happy about. But what I would say is one of the greatest issues we have, the problem we have is with leadership. And I really believe that if you are a follower of Jesus, you should be the greatest leader that the world has ever seen because you are following the greatest leader of all time. Now, some of you are like, oh, "Okay, like that might be a stretch. Like Jesus was maybe a great teacher, prophet, priest, king, whatever, but the greatest leader? Like I, I don't know, but I really do. I believe that Jesus is the greatest leader. I'm, I'm going to show you, show you why I think that. Ra- raise your hand uh, with me if you would consider yourself a leader. Raise your hand. Okay, so about a third of the room's hands went up when really every single person's hand should have went up. But the reason it didn't is why I want to talk about leadership. Because we have this idea that leadership is all about a position. We've been conditioned and taught that leadership is about the top position on an org chart. It's about whoever makes the most money, whoever has the most followers. And so for many of you, you're like, I don't know if I would consider myself a leader. And so for some of you, you're a parent and you may be a single parent. You may be married. You may be divorced. uh, You may work full time. You may be a stay at home mom, whatever it may be. But here's what I came to tell you. You are a leader. And the reason you're a leader, because leadership at its most basic foundational form and definition is this, write it down. Leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. And so if you're a parent, you are the greatest influence in your kid's life, both good or bad. For some of you, you're like, I didn't raise my hand because you know I've been working at the same job my whole life, you know, and I'm in the same position. I got people above me, people around me. I'm just kind of in the middle. I'm always gonna be there. That's just kind of my role. And so you're like, ah, I'm not really a, a leader. Well, here's what I would say: you got influence. Therefore, you're a leader. You're leading the people around you, you're definitely leading the people that are beneath you. And I would dare say that you are influencing the leaders above you. Maybe for some of you, you're a grandparent. And you're like, yeah, I would have considered myself a leader at one time, but now I'm retired, praise God. <laughs> you're, you're a leader. And the reason why is because studies show right now that your grandchildren are looking to you more than ever before to get wisdom and discernment about how to navigate tough things. Maybe you're a teenager. You're in middle school, you're in high school, and you're like, uh, okay, this is for mom and dad. No, 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 this is for you too. You're a leader you're a leader on your sports teams, you're a leader at your school. If you don't believe you're a leader, go serve in kids' ministry and watch, you'll become their hero. You, you have influence. And so if leadership is influence, then I would argue this. There is no one in the history of the world that has had more influence on the world outside of Jesus. And I would dare to say there's not even a close second. And I'll prove it to you. What year is it right now? 2022, right? Did you know the entire world, whoever's in their right mind will acknowledge that this is the year 2022. Why? Because the entire world tells time based upon BC and AD. BC before Christ, AD, Anno Domini, the year of our Lord. You can't even tell time without Jesus. So you can claim to be an atheist and be like, oh, I don't believe in God. You can't even talk about what year it is because the entire world acknowledges, think about that, the birth of one man and it influenced the entire calendar let me let me give you another example what are the two most celebrated holidays in the entire world easter and christmas the resurrection of one man and the birth of one man and we're not even getting into how Jesus has influenced laws. If you're not a believer, if he's influenced your morality, what you think is good and bad, he's influenced what's true and what's untrue. We haven't talked about how the hospitals that are started that are nonprofits in the name of Jesus making a difference all over the world. We're not even talking about that yet. And so I, I love how one guy puts it. He, he, he says this, John Ortberg says that if you, uh, if you were a betting man or a betting woman 2000 something years ago, and, and you were a gambler, and you were to take all the money you had, and you were to place a bet on one or two groups, the first group would be the Roman empire. The second one would be Jesus and his followers. Like if you had to bet all of your money on who would have a longer lasting influence for society for the rest of the world, the Roman empire who was in complete charge at that time, they were the powerhouse or a Jewish carpenter with 12 unschooled teenage boys following him around. You would have picked the Roman empire. But isn't it interesting that today we still name our kids after one man's followers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Mary, Sarah, Rachel, and we name our dogs and cats Nero and Caesar. No one in the entire world has influenced the world more than Jesus. And that's what I wanna talk about in this series. I want us to take a look at the the, the model that Jesus gives us about leadership. And I just think it's time that we stop looking to the world's way of what leadership looks like but rather look to the person who's had the greatest influence of all time and get our definition and our views and, and, and position ourselves in such a way to learn from Jesus. And so today, I want to talk about the heart of a leader because what Proverbs 4 says. It says, above all else, guard your heart. Why? Because your, everything you do flows from it. He says to guard your heart, count it supreme, count it priority. Everything, the most important thing out of your life is to guard, protect, and nurture your heart because everything else flows from your heart. So here's the question What's in your heart? Why do you want to lead? What's your primary motivation? Jesus asked them, What do you want? And see, I, I take a lot of time to read um, outside of the Bible. I read a lot of leadership books, both Christian and secular. It doesn't really matter to me uh, because I just believe that leaders are learners, amen? And, and so I can learn from anybody. I can learn what to do and what not to do, praise God. And so I, I take a lot of time studying leadership books. And um, one of the things, if, I, if you read through books, maybe you go to leadership conferences, whatever it may be, um, there, there's, there's these two big ideas that all of them seem to talk about. And it's these two what to do as a leader, and how to do it. But you never, you rarely ever hear anyone talk about why. The motivation behind leading. And I'm just here to tell you, if you don't get the why right, the how and the what will always be out of order. And so there's two primary influences or two primary motivations that I would say that all of us, we all lead from these two motivations. And write these down. The first one, is gonna be responsibility-based motivation, that you feel responsible for the people around you, whether it be your kids, uh, your friends, your coworkers, there's a responsibility you realize and recognize, I do have influence, I'm a leader, and it's my responsibility to lead them, whoever them may be. The second motivation is this, it's rewards-based. So you have responsibility-based leadership and rewards-based leadership, and rewards-based leadership is all about the perks and the power. It's all about climbing to the top of the or chart so people can see you as the guy or see you as the boss woman or, or see you as the one who's got the money or got the fame, who's got the followers, who's got the success. And that's how we define leadership, are those people? So I'm going to ask you again how many of you would say that you're a leader? Raise your hand. I'm not done yet. Somebody's hand's still down. <laughs> Let me say it again you're a leader you are influencing people. And and so what happens is we get in this reward-based mindset and people believe that one day, if I just get to the top of the chart, I just get the position, then I can kind of give off all the little menial tasks that don't really mean nothing to my servants and I can just go play golf all day. And I'm just telling you as a pastor influencing more than 500 people every weekend, um, if you're a good leader, the higher you climb on the chart, the harder it gets but oftentimes we just, we we want to get to the top. Why? Not because we feel responsible, but because we want the reward. And, And so I'm just telling you this, this is the big, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not willing to serve, you're not ready to lead. Like, I need you to get that today. That's the big idea. Like, if you're not willing to serve, you're not ready to lead. What that means is this, if serving is beneath you, then leadership is beyond you. And here's what I'll promise you, that if you will be willing to bend down and serve people, God will elevate you up to lead people. And so let's go to Matthew chapter 20, and I want you to take a look, and I I want us to to see some shifts that God wants to do, and, and look at this passage. I believe it's one of the greatest passages on leadership in the Bible. It talks to the heart, and the context of this passage is that Jesus is coming to the end of his life, and he's predicted his death. Like he's told the 12 guys that have been with him, he told his other followers like, hey, I'm about to go and die. And when I die, um, I'm gonna ascend to heaven. But I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit to do what I called you to do and go make a difference around the earth. But these guys, they just don't get it. They think that Jesus is gonna establish an earthly kingdom. They, they, they want the perks and the power of leadership. And what we read at the very front, right, was that the mother, the mother of, of the Zebedee sons, that's James and John, James and John, two of the disciples, they want power. They want authority. So much so, what's really embarrassing is that they couldn't even ask Jesus themselves. They had to get mommy to do it for them, which is what, why theologians believe that James and John must have been millennials. Come on, somebody. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm a millennial. Okay, I had to throw it out there. Um, let me say this about the millennials, especially for those of you who don't believe in us. Um, one, your pastor's a millennial. Uh, number two, hello, somebody. Um, Number two is that I really believe that millennials, um, we have the potential to have the greatest influence that the world has ever seen. And I'm committing my life not to just becoming a great leader, but developing great leaders, amen? And so here they are and they're, they're fighting. They get mama to come fight their battle and tell Jesus, hey, here's what I want. Let's read it again. It says, the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with his sons kneeling down, asked a favor. Jesus says, what do you want? Great question. What's your motivation? what's your heart? She says, grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and at your left in your kingdom. What's she saying? She's saying, I want my two sons to have power. I want my two sons to have authority. I want my sons to have the perks and the rewards of sitting at your right and left. Let me to tell you why. Because in that society, if her sons were elevated, so was she. That means she had access to the perks and the power and the rewards of leadership. Jesus says, you don't know what you're asking. You want them to sit at my right and my left. Woman, what you don't know is that when I die on a cross, there's going to be two people, one to my right and one to my left, and you don't want that. And he says, can you drink the cup I'm going to drink? Can you absorb the wrath of God for the penalty of sin of all of humanity? (laughs) They go, we can. Really? Really? Jesus says to him, you're going to drink the cup, but to sit at my right or my left, it's not for me to grant. These places belong to those from whom have been prepared by my father. Watch this. When the 10, the other disciples, when the 10 heard about this, they were indignant of the two brothers. It means they were mad. They were angry, ticked off. Turn to the person next to you say, I don't like you. You want me to tell you why? They were mad because James and John got to him first. They were upset because they wanted those seats as well. And now they're afraid that Jesus may give them the seats when those 10 wanted the seat themselves. And so then Jesus does what he always does. He calls them together for a huddle and he says, let me, let me do something because there's a world, worldly way to do things and then there is a kingdom way to do things. And what Jesus will constantly do is he'll say things like, you've heard it said, You've heard, you know, you've watched, you've seen. You've seen how it's done in the world. Now let me show you what it's done like in the kingdom. Let me flip it. And so what Jesus does, is he calls them together and he says this, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them and exercised their authority over them. Like, you know what it's like. How many of you know what it's like to have a boss that just lords and exercises authority over you? power tripping all the time. He goes, you know this. You've experienced this. Why? Because the rulers at the time, they were all about power and fame. He's like, you've been the victim of poor leadership. You've been on the receiving end of bad leaders. And that word for Lord it, Lord it, and authority over is the same Greek word. And they both mean to put down. And so what Jesus is saying is like, you've had the leaders that gotta put you down so they can be raised up. Anybody had those people? He says, so you get it. But then verse 26, not so with you. He says, I came, I came to shift your perspective about leadership. This is not who you are. So then he gives an example and he gives the heart of leadership right here in verse 26. He says, instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be your slave. Two words there we don't like servant and slave. What's, what's a servant? A, ser, a servant is someone who, who helps and serves other people, who lifts other people up instead of themselves. It's something you're like, okay, I can get down with servant. I'm good. What does he mean by slave though? Because i got a problem with that because I ain't a slave to nobody. What's a slave? A slave is someone who is, has to be fully dedicated to the commands and the teachings and the application of their master. So let me just ask you this, follower of Jesus, do you have to fully obey the commands, teachings and application of your master? You better bet you do absolutely you do. Now you're like, whoa, wait a second. Now the Bible says like he no longer longer calls us servants or no longer calls us slaves. He calls us friends. Absolutely. That's your identity. But what Jesus is saying, what he's getting at here is that the heart of leadership is serving. And at your heart, your position is to go, I am fully devoted, fully committed to whatever he says I'm going to do. See, the idea we get mixed up is like, oh, Jesus is my homeboy. That's not what he means when he says he calls us friends. When he calls us friends, we're in a relationship with him. We don't have to fear him as people did. But what he's saying is, I'm not here just as your buddy where you can just take my advice or not. It doesn't matter. He's saying, no, if you're a follower of me, you gotta commit your life to following me. So what Jesus is saying is he's saying that, that the heart of leadership is serving which is why one of our values at this church, if you're new, is that servant leadership is our identity. Now I say identity because I think people think serving and doing, but serving isn't just something we do. Servant leaders are who we are. Serving people is not a suggestion, it's a mandate. And if you're a follower of Jesus, you will never be the leader you're supposed to be You'll never become who you're called to be, what God intended for you to be and do what he's called you to do if you will not serve people because Jesus was known for serving people. And so if you're not ready and willing to serve, you're not ready to lead. If it's beneath you, leadership is beyond you. So Jesus says, I'll show you. I'm not just gonna tell you. I'm gonna show you my heart. I'm gonna show you what it means to be a servant leader. And he says, just as the son of man came, did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. He says, there's nothing about me that's about me. I came not to be served, but to serve people, and I will give my life and do whatever it takes so that those people can know their heavenly father that they fear. And so let me give you three shifts I believe that Jesus wants to do in your heart. And here's the first thing he does as we look at this passage. Here's what he shifts. He shifts the posture of your heart. Somebody say posture. Posture. The posture of your heart. What he wants to do is he wants to shift the posture of your heart from pride to humility, What is pride? Here's your basic definition. Pride means it's all about me. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's all about me. Come on, turn to your other neighbor and say, you already knew that. (laughs) It's all about me. That's pride. You know, we got a word for that. That thought of it's all about me, do you know what it is? Satanic. Satanic. Oh, come on, pastor, that's harsh. No, it's not. Why did Satan fall from heaven? Pride. Satan made it all about him instead of humbling himself and making it all about God. See, pride is the posture of the enemy, but humility is the heartbeat of Jesus. Ooh, I'm going to say that again. I didn't get no amens in the house. I know people in online. I'm going to say it again. Pride is the posture of the enemy, but humility is the heartbeat of Jesus. There it is. I love what Paul says in Philippians chapter 2. He tells us, I want you to have this same mindset among you. Like if you're in Jesus, you should have this mentality as it pertains to serving, he says this in Matthew 20, or, sorry, Philippians 2. He says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each to the interest of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. And then it says, in one day, every knee will bow on the earth and under the earth and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. What was Jesus saying? He's saying, the heart beat. Of me is to serve and give my life away, therefore, follower of Jesus, that should be your heart and motivation as well. And then, Paul, that same guy who had been influenced by Jesus, changed by Jesus, if you just flip the page in your Bible to Philippians chapter 3, you're going to see Paul just go off on a rant. I mean, Paul's at the borderline of like confidence and cocky. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he's just like, oh, Y'all wanna brag about all your accomplishments and all you're good at and all you're doing? He says, if anybody wants to boast, anybody wants to be confident in what they've done, it's me, because I've done more than any of y'all. He says, I was a Hebrew, a Hebrew, I was a Pharisee, I persecuted the church with zeal, like I, I did it all. I, I obeyed the strictest commands of the law. As far as righteousness goes, there is none better. And then he says, but I consider all of that, all the accomplishments, all the accolades, all the positions, all of the pedigree, all of the degrees, like I consider all of it, he says, as rubbish. That means dung. Do I need to tell you what dung means? We're going to stop there? Okay. Somebody like, say it, pastor. No. Okay. Controlling my tongue. He says, I count that all as crap compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus. And so he says, I don't, I don't take pride in my own righteousness, for man is made right not by themselves, but through Jesus. And I'm just here to tell you, if you've got a religious spirit in the room, your righteousness, your self-righteousness will never make you righteous. Your righteousness is but filthy rags in front of a holy God. And the only way you and I are made right by God is what Paul says is in and through Jesus, Amen. So Jesus comes and He says, "I'm going to shift the posture of your heart." And the second thing is, "I'm going to shift the position in line." Somebody say position. The position in line. He says, "Whoever wants to become great, got to be your servant. Whoever wants to be first, got to be last." What's he talking about? He said, I, I, "I came to I came to shift the position." in line. Notice, he doesn't scold, correct, or condemn them for wanting to be great. He says, if you want to be great, if you want to be first, here's what that looks like. Don't miss this. Because some of us have been walking around with this false humility to be like, oh, I'm not supposed to like wanna be great. No, 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 no. There's nothing wrong with being known. It's just who you're trying to be known by. Yeah. It's not about like, oh, I, I gotta be seen. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, it's not about you getting seen by people. It's about you knowing God sees you. And so he doesn't scold them. And I don't believe it's, it's inherently wrong to want to be great. I just think the problem with so many of us is we're on the wrong path to greatness. And Jesus like, I'm going to come shift the position in line. I'm going to redefine what greatness is. And, and I don't know if you recognize, but there is something inside of you, inside of me, inside of all of us from a very young age, we want to be great. We, we don't want to be average. You remember when you were kids and your teacher would line everybody up and they would pick a line leader? Anybody know what I'm talking about? How many of you wanted to be the line leader? Anybody else hate being the caboose? Come on, I love being in the caboose because I would never follow. I would just run off. I ain't following nobody, you know? But there's something inside of us. Like we, wanna, like, we wanna be out front. Now, you know this, right? Like, I've never walked into a restaurant after church on Sunday and I'm like, yo, um, can, I, can I just get the most like average thing on the menu? No, like I want the best food you got. You don't, you don't walk into a movie and be like, hey, you know, all right. I ain't seen a movie in a minute because of COVID, stupid COVID. And uh, can I just, what's the most average movie you got? No. You're like, boy, I want to see some Top Gun. I want the best you got. I've never watched my wife go into a department store and go up to somebody and say, hey, I want some average shoes. She's like, you better give me the best shoes you got within my budget. Amen. Right? Like, There's not anything wrong of, like, I just, I want to be great. I want to win. We all want to win. No one gets married and says, I want to have an average marriage. No one had the best marriage. No one has kids and says, oh, I want to raise average kids. No, you want the best kids. And I didn't start this church. We didn't plant this church just to be another church on the corner, just an average church playing and going through the motions. No, we planted this church because we want to be a great church that impacts the world. So the desire to be great isn't necessarily wrong, but Jesus says, I'm coming to change the way you see it, and I'm trying to help you notice that it's not about the position in line, it's about where you're positioned to serve. Let me show you this, I want to illustrate it. Give me four people. I know that I'm I'm going off the cuff here. Give me four people, four people, come on, come on, there's one guy, come on, give give me three more, come on, come on, I don't care, guy, female, whatever, come on, let's go. Come on, Taylor, get up here. Sorry, I'm just going to call him out. You getting up here, dog? Get up here. One more person. Come on, Shannon. Y'all get up. All right, get in a line. Just get in a, and get in a straight line. And, um, and Shannon, we're going to have you right here at the back. You just slide down. That's good. Okay, right here. You're fine. Just go to, go to the end of the line, Shannon. You're at the caboose. Come on, scoot up. There we go. All right, so this is how it works, right? This is how it works. Can you, can you tell your name? Teddy. This is Teddy. Everybody, give it up for Teddy. <laughs> Teddy, are you single? No. Praise God. <laughs> What's your name? Taylor. Taylor, are you single? Yes, sir. He's single. Hey, woo! Come on, Brayden. <laughs> sir, tell your name. Matt. Matt, are you single? No, sir. No, sir. Praise God. <laughs> come on. What's your name? Shannon. Shannon, are you single? Yes. Praise God. Y'all give it up for Shannon. I'm just trying to help some people out. Y'all came in. Y'all came in single. You ain't gotta stay that way if you don't want. Okay. Anyway, sorry. Get back to it. So here's the thing. Teddy. Okay. Teddy's the leader. Teddy, you're the guy that everybody wants to be like. Teddy's at the top of the org chart anybody got a Teddy in their life? He, he's the one that's got all the money, all the fame, all the followers on Instagram. He's the one everybody's trying to be like. Like, by the way, this is actually not his spirit. So this is just, <laughs> just an illustration, Teddy. But Teddy's the guy. You know what I'm talking about. He's at the top. Now, now Taylor, Taylor's, Taylor's the one that wants to be like Teddy. And so everywhere Teddy goes, Taylor's got to be right behind him like a little shadow. Teddy's the one like, oh, I got to be like Teddy. Teddy's got it all together. Like, t- Teddy... Teddy wants, Teddy wants that. I'm going to go after him. So he's looking up to Teddy. Now, now he's been hanging out at renovation church for a little bit and he's heard the gospel and he's heard sermons and God's transformed his life. And, and, and so for him, he's like, I, I see people in these orange shirts. I see people serving. In fact, he's wearing one. Come on, somebody. Um, <laughs> I see people serving, but then I go to work on Monday and it's right back to the same old grind. It's same routine. And so like, yeah, like I'm cool with it on Sunday, but on Monday, like it's hard. He's torn. You're torn. Look torn. Are you torn? He's torn. Now, now Shannon, Shannon just loves Jesus, and Shannon's like, hey, I don't care about where I gotta serve. You just tell me where the need is. I'm there. And I'm just saying that is your spirit, by the way. Come on, y'all, give it up for Shannon. Come on, she'll serve. You know her. And so Shannon's like, hey, it ain't about my platform, because she believes that like if. Like if she wants to be elevated, God will build the platform and no platform that God built can be torn down by man. And so she's like, Hey, whatever you need, I'll serve. I don't really care what these guys are doing, but there's a problem. And the problem is, is you got three men on stage and one woman. And she's like, yo, I don't, I don't know. I kind of feel lonely up here. I need some other ladies in my life, but she don't really have them. And so the, the easiest thing to do, despite what she believes is just follow these three knuckleheads around. So y'all ever, y'all ever played uh, Follow the Leader? You know what I'm talking about? Okay, I want you to, y'all you just gonna follow number one right here. So number one, just come this way. You're good. We're just gonna make a big circle. So everybody's following Teddy, right? This is, what, this is what your work looks like, by the way. Everybody's following Teddy. Now stop here. And see, Teddy, he's the one that's got, he's grinding 24-7. You know, he's like, I don't get tired. I don't sleep. You know, Teddy's the guy. All the money. Everybody's looking at Teddy. And what Teddy thinks is if Teddy can keep and stay at the top, that one day he will find fulfillment. The problem is, is that fulfillment is not found in a position. Fulfillment is found in a person named Jesus. And what will happen, and we've seen it time and time again, is everybody wants to be like Teddy, but eventually he'll ask the question, why am I dealing with this? Why am I hurting? Why isn't this satisfying? And he will fall. Why? Because it's all about him. And pride comes before the fall. And so we question, we're like, how could a leader that's in the front, he's in first place, how could he fall when he's got it all? I mean, they're famous. They play in the NFL. Come on, Teddy. <laughs> <I wish>. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> got all the money in the world, and you've seen it, right? You're like, how, man, how how did that how does that person fall? You may tell you why? Because you think they're in first. And you're like, well, he is in first. Mm -hmm. He's in first if you're following the world's way. What Jesus came to do is go, hey, I'm trying to shift the position and help you see that in the world, Teddy may be first, but in the kingdom, Shannon is first because she may feel like she's at the bottom, but there's always room at the bottom to serve. And so for us, we're like, oh, we want that. And Jesus is going, no, 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 let me flip the position. It's not about being seen by people. It's being positioned to serve people. Amen? Y'all give it up for him. Thank you. (laughs) Hope that was helpful. Let me grab this. So he comes to shift the, the posture in your heart. He comes to shift the position in the line. And then he comes to shift the purpose in your life. He comes to shift the purpose in your life. Verse 28 says that the son of man, even the son of man, didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life away as a ransom for many. Jesus says, your purpose is not about you. Your purpose is about me. Your purpose, listen to me. You are not created to simply take up space and climb your way to the top of an org chart. You were created by God, gifted by God. And everything that you've experienced over the course of your life that's happened to you, good and bad, we have a God who takes what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it for good. And he wants to use all your experience, all your history, all your failures, all your success, everything you have, not to build your own kingdom, but to build his. Your purpose is not to be known by man, but it's to help man know God. That's what you were created for. So what's your job at work to make God known? Like think about this for a second as I close. Every single person that you look up to that's had the greatest influence on your life, if we got down to the heart of it, it's because they had a heart to serve. You had a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or someone who adopted you that did everything they could to make your life what it is today. You had a coach that would show up before and after practice to teach you how to throw better or hit better or kick better or dance better or whatever it is, and they didn't get paid to do that. And they influenced you, you had a teacher who showed up before school or after school to tutor you when you felt like you were stupid and you could never graduate and never could become something. And now you're running a business, you're influencing hundreds of people because a teacher decided it ain't about a paycheck, but I'll just show up for that person because I care. Come on, you know those people. Don't you wanna be that type of leader with that type of influence? See, it starts when you see that Jesus has to shift the posture in your heart in order for you to get and understand your position on the team so that you can make a, pur- make a difference and live out your purpose for the kingdom. So I just want to pray for you and ask God to do that shift in your life. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your model of leadership. God, we submit our lives to whatever you want. We, we serve you. We honor you. Just shift the posture in our heart and help us see our position on the team and so that we can make a difference in the world and we can can live out a purpose that honors you, not to be seen by people, but for people to see you. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Everybody set. Amen. Hey, as you continue to pray, I want to pray for those who are saying yes to God right now today, who you're going, I've tried to do it my way for too long, but because Jesus, it says he gave his life as a ransom. He didn't just consume, he contributed. He, was, he went from, from not just receiving, but to giving. He gave his life for you. And, and all you have to do is by faith in Jesus alone, surrender your life to him and say, I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And the Bible says, anyone who confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord will be saved. And so right now, that's some of your next steps is to actually surrender your life to Jesus. And I wanna pray for you. And you can pray out loud if you want. Say, Father, today, I give you my life. I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. Forgive me of my sin. Save me. In Jesus' mighty name, everybody set. Amen. Hey, put your hands together for those who made the decision today. Hey, listen, there's uh, two things. We got to wrap this up, but there's there's a yellow card on your seat. Listen, this is completely optional. I'm not going to pressure you. I don't need to pressure you. You know that if you have a gift and you're not using it, one of the greatest ways you can use the gift is to serve the house of God. As people are coming in, there's people right now that served you, that made it possible for you to be in this room. There's people taking care of your kids and teaching them about Jesus, helping you park cars, greeting you, getting you a coffee, whatever you need. For some of you, you need to take a step and you need to join the team. You need to serve. So on that yellow card, you can just select, here's the top two areas. If I were to serve, that's my interest. Fill out that yellow card, drop it in the buckets as you leave. And for those of you who made a decision today, let us know about it. And maybe your decision that you need to make is to get baptized. And so I just wanna tell you, if that's your decision, uh, right now, right now after the service, we we have baptism set up. We're gonna celebrate that. So take that next step, get baptized. We got shirts, we got towels, whatever you need to serve you and to help people know that you're unashamed of Jesus. We love you so much. We hope that you'll be back here for leadership week number two. We'll see you then. Thank you so much for listening to the message today. If it encouraged you in any way, we would love to hear about it. Send us an email to stories at renovation.church. And if you'd like to partner with us financially and help us continue to reach people all over the world, you can do that by going to our website, renovation.church give. Have a blessed day.